Hey guys, welcome back to another episode inside of Riotas Basketball Talk. And before I get started, if you are watching this on YouTube, please make sure to subscribe on the channel if you are new, and also hit that like button and share it if you want to. Anyway, getting into this podcast, this is the podcast ahead of opening day. Um, I've been uploading a bit because of the baseball playoffs that are happening in October right now, which is very exciting. Um, but basketball opening day, October 19th. We have the Nets and the Bucks and the Warriors and Lakers, and that's going to be exciting. Right now, the players are playing in preseason, and overall, the preseason is going, you know, the most preseason way possible. Um, some interesting, you know, players we got. The Bulls looking a lot better. Um, some nice fast breaks, um, and yeah, they look pretty exciting. They could be pretty exciting in going into regular season. And then Tyler Hero has been playing pretty good in the preseason as he had some pretty good games, some pretty good uh, mid-20-point games. Um, We might be able to see maybe that growth in Kyrie Irving, I mean, in Tyler Hero. And if he does become the player that he says he is, then maybe we'll see the Miami Heat, you know, becoming contenders and maybe back to where they were in the bubble in 2020. But anyway, first we're going to move on to Anthony Edwards um, and his massive growth spurt. Um, it was interesting to see because in pictures he looks a lot taller. And then when you look at him on the court, he just looks bigger and taller and a lot more athletic. Um, and with that speed he had last year and his strong um, showing in his rookie season, we're going to be seeing a lot of you know, a lot more maybe post-game that he could develop, especially with that height. He's going to be able to take down a lot more um, shorter guards and weaker guards. And then he could also play, you know, guard basketball. So he would be as fast as a guard, which so, you know, that growth spurt really will create a different dynamic towards his game and towards Minnesota. And when you look at Minnesota, they have a roster. They have a pretty good roster. They have D'Angelo Russell, who's still a great point guard. Don't forget what he did with the Nets and the Warriors for that time before he got traded for Andrew Wiggins there. But with the Warriors, he was pretty good. And then with the Nets, he was really good. He's still very young, very capable of being where he was. Um, last year was kind of an off-season, not what, not, not what you wanted um, if you're Minnesota. But this year, you never know what could happen. I could see him turning it around. And then you also have Carl Anthony Towns, who every year um, propels the team and just carries the team and pretty much does what he does. Um, so that big three could maybe make some noise. They could be a dark horse, you know, um, playing team, um, but definitely won't be going higher. Def- won't be going higher than the eighth seed. I don't see that happening. Their coaching staff isn't that great, and they've been known. If you know Minnesota, they've been known for a team to not show up when they had the players, and they're just not capitalizing on what they had. Their best roster when was when they had Jimmy Butler, and then when they had Derrick Rose, and they had um, Wiggins and Towns, but you know, and they also had Jeff Teague. But Minnesota, you don't expect a lot, but they could be that dark horse team that could you know sneak into that eighth seed in the playoffs or seventh seed in the playoffs, and you know maybe take a few games off the top seeds. And then next, we're going to go on to the Lakers. Um, Looking at them in the preseason, obviously, it's preseason. You can't take what you see on TV seriously in the preseason. But Westbrook, 
does not look like he's fitting into that system. And that was a question that a lot of people had when he was coming into it. Like, how is he going to fit into the system, Frank Vogel's system, with LeBron, who isn't a great shooter, with AD, who isn't really an outside shooter. So when you have those two on the court, and then you have a big man like Howard, Jordan, you only have one shooter, and the court kind of gets smaller, especially in the painted area, especially since Westbrook is not the same shooter as he was before, because before you had to guard him. But now, now he's a um, sense of age and athletic ability going down. You just don't see the same Russell Westbrook. So those turnovers and low shooting percentages could be worrisome. Or it could just be preseason jitters. They could be just trying some new things out. Especially that big three. They have the whole year to figure it out. Especially. Um, and their main obstacle will be to stay healthy. That older team especially. Um, Ariza's already gone down. So staying healthy. And hopefully the, hopefully the offense will uh, kick in. Because our defense... Um, is fine, especially under the coach of Frank Vogel, um, as he is, he's a defensive coach. Next, we have um, Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets, the concern that we have. Kyrie Irving was stripped of that extension that they were going to offer him, the four-year $196 million extension. And since he got stripped of that, um, that's because of the vaccine mandate and him not taking the vaccine. Um, Sean Marks, the Brooklyn Nets GM, has publicly said that he will not be part of the team until he could be a full basketball player as he wasn't capable of playing home games or um, not all the road games. So what do we think of this? Well, Kyrie Irving has made a choice. Um, getting the vaccine is is up to personal choice. However, it is his job and a lot of jobs do require people to get the vaccine now. And him not choosing it is going to jeopardize what the Nets have built. And obviously going to create a bad taste um, for other players in the locker room because everyone else in that team could be part of the team. And James Harden went that club because he wanted to win a championship and they want to make a winning club. But if you don't have your big three, then are they going to be what, what they are? I believe they are. They have James Harden, who's great. They have Kevin Durant, who's great. But is Kyrie, but Ky- not Kyrie not being there, could change some things. And um, him not getting the vaccine, it doesn't look like he's going to get the vaccine. As after the announcement was made about him getting stripped off the extension and also him um, not being part of the team until he does um, get the vaccine. Um, he went on live on Instagram and talked about how the media made him look villainous and how the media kind of is manipulating what he's doing. Um, he said that he's not an anti-vaxxer. Um, however, he believes that people have the right to choose and people, and he's speaking up for the uh, voiceless, so he wants to be the voice of the voiceless um, to make sure that they, um, that they have a say for their jobs um, and for people who don't want to take the vaccine and they want, he, wants, he wants to uh, take a stand and make a voice for that. Um, Brooklyn Nets players have come and said that they respect this decision, um, but they're focused on winning the championship, which is definitely um, great to say. However, it must be frustrating when you're a player on that team and your player won't get vaccinated, while your third best player, who could be the best player on the team on a championship team, won't get vaccinated. And it's going to create some locker room problems if Kyrie does come back. Um, doesn't look like he will, 
but you never know what happens. Um, but right now, Kyrie Irving will not be part of the Nets, and we will not be seeing him in opening day um, against the Bucks. So watch out for that, um, and then hopefully Kyrie comes back. Last season, when he did play, he had a career year. Um, obviously, the, the amount of games he played doesn't really qualify for that as much, or it doesn't really showcase a lot, but he had a career year. And his footwork is impeccable. It kind of changed a bit. Um, and what he's been compared to um, with his footwork is Kobe's. And people talk about, people have been talking about, especially last, last year, um, his footwork is as close to as Kobe's as you can get. Um, just very, very skilled Kyrie Irving is. Um, and then, yeah, just such a gifted talent that just might be wasted for this season, especially since he's going to be healthy. The one problem why we couldn't see him always, all the time was because he couldn't stay healthy. And if he were to stay healthy, that could have changed a lot. But it's too bad to see. Um, but obviously... It's him. It's outside of basketball stuff. It's his life. And, um, yeah, you have to respect the decision he's making and the stand that he's taking because it is it is a decision of the day. Um, and, yeah, but it's too bad to see. We want to see Kyrie play. We miss Kyrie on the basketball court, especially in the playoffs last year. Just an exciting all-around player. Um, and it's too bad that we won't be seeing him for opening day and definitely for the start of the season. But... Anyway, the next topic I'll be moving on to will be Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers. So, on um, just to give a background, Ben Simmons decided to request a trade after that Game 7 fallout and Joel Embiid kind of throwing Simmons under the bus with saying that that, that play where he passed it off to Thibel was, was, his, was a turning point in the game and it was his fault. Doc Rivers has kind of said that um, when he said that he didn't exactly um, think Ben Simmons could be a player in the championship um, team, but he said those words were twisted because he said he doesn't know because he was processing the loss they just had in Game 7 of the um, semifinals, especially in a series they could have just swept, um, and they lost at home. So he requested a trade after that. Um, and since then, he said he's not going to join the team. He has denied players to go to him when they were going to go visit his house in Los Angeles. But now, apparently, Ben Simmons has reported to the 76ers. Um, this could be for many reasons. Uh, maybe he just wants to play basketball. Maybe he has had to change his thought. Or maybe because of the amount of money he's losing. If he doesn't play for Sixers, he'll lose a lot of money. He'll be fined more money from the NBA. And the Sixers, um, the Sixers will be taking away money from his salaries as well which is a pretty large salary. And yeah, so there are many reasons for that. Nothing has really come out why he came back. Um, Danny Green has publicly said that he, he just wants Simmons to come in, do the job, not take jump shots, which is definitely understandable. They were a good team when he wasn't taking jump shots. Um, and who knows? Maybe he does have a jump shot. We don't know yet because when you compare Lonzo Ball and Ben Simmons, you can see that Ben Simmons came into the league and shoot a jump shot. When Lonzo Ball came, they said he had a jump shot, but his jump shot just wasn't NBA for the NBA in college in UCLA. His jump shot was funky, but it worked. NBA, it didn't work. And he changed it, and now he has earned a really good salary. Well, a really good contract, um, around $20 million a year. So he got around $80 million contract for four years. And he has a great jump shot. 
you know, he's a threat from the three-point line, and it just comes to show that you can put the work in. And Ben Simmons is still young, and he still has the potential to be, like, one of the greats. And if he gets that jump shot, he could he could be one of the greats. And, you know, we all hope to see that because he's such um, such a great player and such a great talent on the defensive end and such a great ball handler and has great basketball point guard IQ, especially with that build. You don't see that all the time, and it's unfortunate he doesn't have a jump shot. It's unfortunate that he might not even play an opening day, but we'll see what happens with that, and hopefully we'll be able to see him on the court, maybe in a 76ers uniform, maybe in another uniform, but we'll see. Anyway, um, another thing that I want to talk about is Steph Curry, and he's going to be the key piece to Warriors, obviously, until Clay Thompson comes back Christmas Day. Jordan Poole came as a great, um, looking very good in the preseason, so maybe he elevated his game. Learn When you were on a team with Curry and Thompson, you're a young player, and you got to learn as much as you can from them. They're great veteran players. But anyway, there's a GM survey that went out about Steph Curry, and 90% of them think he's the best shooter. Um, doesn't specify best shooter of all time, best shooter in the world right now, best shooter in the league, um, but it just said best shooter, and 90% of them do think that. 27% um, believe that he's the player who forces the most adjustments. So when you're in a game or before a game, um, that could be either uh, switching, double teaming, you know, those kind of things. Steph Curry forces, is the one who forces it the most. And 27% is a great number, especially when you look at Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Luka Doncic, Anthony Davis, and you have so many great players. And Steph Curry gets 27% of those votes. That's insane. And, I mean, they're absolutely right when I think he's the best shooter of all time. And when you have that on your team, you have to make adjustments, especially since he could dribble, he's fast, and great finisher. So that's a great, that's, that's, just, that's just greatness right there. And 57% believe he's the best point guard. Doesn't specify ever or right now, but... You know, I would, I would say he's probably the best point guard now unless you count Luka Doncic or probably Luka Doncic. Um, nobody else, really. And 60% think he's the best at moving without the ball. So he's an on-the-ball threat, um, but when he doesn't have the ball, he's he's the, they say he could, he's the most threat um, off the ball in the NBA. 60% of the GMs think that. And that is such a great stat to have because you can, if you have a point guard that could get players going and get an offense running and we have Steph Curry running around those screens you Steph Curry sets himself up for a lot of good shots so that's a crazy stat to me seeing seeing Steph Curry be like that is um and kind of having those GMs like um thinking like that is just absolutely amazing and this comes to see you got to appreciate the greatness Steph Curry brings once in a lifetime talent, once in a generation type talent, you'll never see this type of player ever, probably. Um, definitely greatest shooter of all time, and I'm excited to see the Warriors versus Lakers on opening day at Staples Center. And next, I'm going to be going over a little um, little thing about my top, um, my top five or top ten, I guess, NBA players right now, currently in the league. So this is who I think is going to be best in the league uh, next season. So in this 2021 season. Um, so yeah, anyway, I'm going to go from number one. 
um, just easier. So I think that Kevin Durant is the best player in the world right now. We saw from the 2021 playoffs last year, he's just a threat. He could almost carry a team single-handedly against the eventual champions, Milwaukee Bucks. His, you have to, to double-team him. He's, you can't guard him one-on-one. He's an excellent player. Um, um, just a huge offensive threat. And he could play defense. He could move like a point guard. It's just absolutely insane. Kevin Durant, number one best player. And no doubt in my mind for that. And the second best player, I think, which is debatable, very um, debatable, it might be a heated take, would be, I think Luka Doncic is the second best player in the league. Going this season, I think he'll be the second best player in the league, and I think he'll get second MVP voting. Last year in the playoffs, we saw him go seven games. I'm not talking about Mavericks. I'm saying he went seven games against the Clippers because the Mavericks, Tim Hardaway Jr. was there. Games just poor, poor Singus wasn't there. He, he's got to be traded, not a max player at all. But I loved what Luka Doncic did. Kawhi Leonard couldn't consistently shut him down like he did with LeBron for certain points. But he did the best he could. You can't guard Luka Doncic better than that. He was just shooting from absolutely anywhere. And, yeah, he, he's just a triple-double threat every night. Um, and just very, you know, you, got, you build your team around him. That guy is definitely a special talent for years to come. And I just, and especially that build, he's tall. Um, he just, I think he's going to be the second-best player in the league next year. And probably the best player in the league um, the year after. Then is when it gets... A bit chippy and a bit cloudy in the sense that you can put uh, different players there. I think Curry's number three, and then you put LeBron at four, and then Giannis, um, Harden, and then AD. And then from there on, you got Jokic, you got Lillard, um, you got Kawhi if he's healthy. You know, you got all those guys going. But though I think um, Curry's number three, and then LeBron's number four, just because Curry proved to us last season what he could do. We didn't see what LeBron could do last season really at all. He didn't really prove anything. If anything, he just went down. He didn't play a lot of games. Even if his stats were great, Curry was a much bigger impact to his team than LeBron was. So I definitely think Curry's, Curry's going to show out. Um, when Klay Thompson comes back, he's going to have more opportunities, uh, more open shots. The floor is going to be wide open for him. And the stage is set. This is going to be an exciting season to watch. But anyway, going into opening day, October 19th um, for Qatar time, um, Nets and Bucks playing in the Milwaukee Stadium, um, Pfizer form. Um, the Bucks are going to get their ring, rings. It's going to be excellent game. Uh, very excited for that. Even without Kyrie Irving, you know, a healthy James Harden was all Brooklyn needed to get past them last year. So we'll see what happens this year, especially since the Bucks do not have P.J. Tucker. Then you have the Warriors and Lakers at Staples Center. Very excited for that. Then the next day, um, we have opening day for a lot of the other teams. So we're going to have Thunder Jazz be playing at Vivid Smart Home Arena. Very young Thunder team um, going in a Jazz that, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. They might just, we'll see what happens midseason, um, depending on how they're pacing. But I think they'll do well in the regular season. So they'll probably be buyers. Pacers and Hornets, teams that are both... Um, Kind of, you just don't know what they're really at right now. They both have some good talent, but they just aren't contending. Um, 
but still seeing LaMelo Ball, Mikel Bridges, and Sabonis is amazing, fundamental, probably next to him, Duncan, in my opinion, um, basketball um, game. And then the Bulls and Pistons. Um, the Bulls are going to be an exciting team this year. They got Levine, DeRozan, uh, Caruso, Vucevic, and Lonzo. So they're going to be an athletic, exciting, fast team, but they could also be threats in the half-court offense, so it's going to be great to see that. And the Celtics and Knicks in Madison Square Garden. Al Horford and Jalen Brown both got tested uh, positive for COVID, so we'll see how that affects them, and we'll see if they'll be able to play. Um, but if they are, this could be a very exciting game. But if they aren't, Jason Tatum wants to carry the load against the Knicks that want to prove themselves again this year and hopefully can make the playoffs again. We'll see what happens. And next in Scotty Bank Arena, the Raptors will finally be able to host a game after so long. They'll be hosting the Washington Wizards. Um, yeah, so for Toronto, it's going to be a big game, an exciting game, just because they could have people back, and uh, Toronto fans must be ecstatic over that. And the Cavs and Grizzlies, you know, John Morant, Colin Sexton, Garland. Um, some exciting pieces there. Um, can't wait to see what's going to happen with that with uh, those two teams, some young talent, maybe some growing talent. We'll see how they progress um, this season and if, if there's going to be any breakup players. And the Rockets and Timberwolves in Target Center. We'll see how that is. Won't be the most exciting game for you to watch, tune into this game. It'd be because of the Timberwolves, because of D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, and Carl Anthony Towns, that big three. The Rockets have Kevin Porter Jr., but nobody really else. John Wall's not going to be playing. Team's a young team now um, in rebuilding phase. So Houston fans, not very exciting for you this season. Next, the 76ers and Pelicans. We'll see if Zion... Um, Zion will be playing this game. He'll be reevaluating around two weeks, a week and a half from now. Um, Pelicans just, yeah, they just don't have it. They they lost Lonzo. Um, so that trade for AD didn't really work out as much. So Pelicans won't be exciting this season. You want, they, they won't be a team you want to tune in on until Zion's back and he's going to put on a show like he did last year, even though it wasn't broadcasted as much. And then the 76ers. You got Joel Embiid. You got a good team still without Ben Simmons. Um, without Ben Simmons, you're still making the playoffs. Um, probably a top four even, maybe. So, yeah, 76ers, definitely a team we'll be keeping an eye on. Magic and Spurs, teams that you don't really want to tune into. Spurs don't know exactly what they're really going to be coming out with. Um, and the Magic are just in a complete rebuild phase. They gave away their core last year and... There's nothing really exciting going on in that game. Nothing you really want to look out for. DeJounte Murray maybe progressing his uh, offensive game up. But um, the Spurs are having a bit of exciting talent. But the Magic this year is definitely a no-watch for them. Again. And now this is an exciting matchup. The Nuggets and Suns um, at Footprint Center in Phoenix. Obviously, Phoenix fell short of a championship last year to Milwaukee. Um, and it's the rematch of the semifinals where the Suns swept them. So we'll see how this goes. I think it'll be an exciting game. Um, and yeah, that's one of the games that you'll need to keep an eye on. And then the Kings and Trailblazers. The Kings, I don't know what to talk about them because they just, they have talent, but they don't really use it. Their coaching staff is just never really been great. They never been able to keep a consistent coach. Luke Walton, I don't think it's it. Um... But the Blazers have Damian Lillard, and you're going to watch that game. Kings have Darren Fox, Buddy Heald. 
So it's going to be a pretty exciting game, but they play at the same time as Nuggets and Suns, and you know what game you should be tuning into if you want to watch some great basketball. Anyway, that, that about wraps it up for today. This is the pre-opening day podcast. I can't wait to give you more content as the season goes on. I'm excited for opening day. I'm super stoked for what's going to be happening as the NBA talent level has honestly never been higher. This is going to be an absolutely amazing season. And hopefully you guys tune in. Once again, if you're on YouTube, please make sure to subscribe, like, and if you want to share the podcast, um, it's going to be available on Spotify, YouTube. So please make sure to check it out. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in please make sure if you do want to sign up for fancy basketball espn's a great uh, simple method um and yeah sign in sign up for it. i think you guys could have some fun with that but anyway thank you for tuning in see you next time